Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What's up, everybody? Before we launch into today's episode, we have a very exciting announcement. We here at the Command Zone are hiring. That's right. If you've ever dreamed of turning your love of Magic the Gathering and Commander into a career, if you want to work with uh, creative professionals in a fast-paced environment that's really rewarding, if you're creative, ambitious, hardworking, passionate, we want you on our team. And one thing, Jimmy, is mm-hmm. that's really cool, I think, is we have a lot of positions open, and it's all the way from people who are entry-level with no experience to people with uh, that are experts in their field that oh, have a perfect. lot of experience. We, we want yeah. people all along that spectrum. I think this is a really cool place to work. Uh, hopefully, you would agree. Yeah, I think so. It's been one of the best parts of my life for the last seven years. And if you're looking for a way to get into showbiz, the entertainment industry, online content creation, there is no better place. We very much look forward to seeing Seeing everyone's applications. Yeah. So that uh, link is collected.company slash jobs. The link will be in the show notes, so you don't have to memorize it or anything. Mm-hmm. But please, if you're interested, if you want to join our team, follow that link, apply for one of the positions or multiple positions, and uh, hopefully we're See talking to you very soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Let's get on with the episode. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. I am one of your hosts, DJ, and today I'm joined by... Jake Boss. Hello, Jake! I uh, typically work on game nights, but they wheeled me out to talk about this insane deck today. Well, today we are doing a pre-con upgrade guide for Planner Portal. It's the Rakdos pre-con. And look, these pre-cons are awesome, but we need to make sure that they're functioning a little bit better to be able to hang out at commander tables. So we're going to talk about the deck, find out if it's the kind of thing you want to buy. And Jake here is going to walk us through what 10 cards to sub in and sub out to make this deck hang with all of your friends. But before we get started, let's talk about our sponsors. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about our sponsors? Well, cardkingdom.com slash command zone, of course, is the best place to pick up all your sort of singles and gaming supplies, and uh, especially these pre-cons when they go on sale. Absolutely. You're going to want a pre-con. You're going to want to upgrade it with all of Jake's suggestions. And honestly, like, I just go on Card Kingdom and get extras. Like, I just order, like, yeah. you know, one of these, three of these, four of these, and just have them. Uh, and so cardkingdom.com like, is the best place to go. You guys do singles because you're wise. Me? <laughs> I lo- I'm an artist. I need all of the notes accessible to me at all times so i typically pick up one set to keep together and one set to break apart and make a mess of 
so I, I highly like recommend strategy, that if you're honestly. like me. If you're a big mess like me, that's the way to go. <laughs> well, with your strategy, though, you need more card sleeves than the average person because you right. got to keep those decks together. You got to keep them sleeved. You got to keep them in top condition. So you got to use those Ultra Pro sleeves, right? Ooh, <laughs> that was slick. <laughs> Ultra yeah. Pro is another sponsor of the Command Zone podcast. And, uh, you know, we love their sleeves. They're great. But actually what I'm the most attracted to is their use of art. There's so much cool Dungeons and Dragons art from this new set. And Ultra Pro has the licenses to be able to put them on playmats, to put them on sleeves, to put them everywhere. And the art is amazing. So Ultra Pro is the place where you can make your decks beautiful. That's right. In the uh, Pro Gloss sleeves right now, uh, let's talk about webcam commander games. Oh. Those Pro Gloss sleeves show up clearer than any other sleeve that I've used so far. Way uh, to bring in the teching. I'm like, I'm like, art looks pretty. And Jake's over here saying like, oh, from a technical standpoint, yeah. I will tell you what <laughs> works well. Because glare is such an issue. And a lot of sleeves, they will catch light from any direction or whatever. But they're crystal clear uh, on the playmat. And as somebody who helps shoot game nights, that's one of the number one things I'm thinking about. Good sleeve tech up a right deck. there. Ultra Pro is also awesome at creating deck boxes, including the Ooh. game nights exclusive deck box. Box Look at that beauty. Currently on Kickstarter, but it is a, it is a limited release. Right. We only made so many of these, and even now, you could be at danger for not getting one. Have you seen the lining on this thing? I've seen the, the lining on this thing it's is amazing. Beautiful. It's got all of these beautiful little Game Nights logos all throughout the lining. Here's the thing: go on Kickstarter. See if they're see if they're even still around because they honestly might be all gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I was filming the B roll that you might actually be seeing right now. One of our editors is going to put up their favorite shot right here of me opening and closing this thing probably a hundred times in a single day. So there's probably no one more uh, close <laughs> to the operation of this deck box than your friend Jake right here. And you give it your <laughs> seal of approval. Hundred percent. Wow, this thing is great. Wow, nice. Um, so you know going on to our kickstarter that's one way to support us but of course one of the best ways support to support us is on patreon we love our patrons oh, they're yeah. they're amazing they're phenomenal there are some cool perks that you get you can watch extra turns and game nights a day early you can get on discord and say hey i'm building this planner portal deck i need help at Jake to get all of his advice on the Discord. He is there to help you out. But of course, there's always one lucky patron that we shout out every single podcast in this episode is dedicated to Jonathan Puzareth. Jonathan, you rock. I hope one of us uh, pronounced it correctly. Uh, I don't think I did. The uh, name is like close to, I have Laotian cousins and their name is close to that. So I'm hoping I got a piece of it. We'll see. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, let us know in the comments down below. You rock. <laughs> you rock. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the episode. So the key to this is we're going to break down the deck. We're going to talk about the commanders. We're going to talk about the key cards that make this deck work, like some of the stats. Some of the stats that we also care about are the reprint value. You know, we have to know if this is financially viable to be able to buy these things to get those reprints that we want, to get all those new cards that we want. But of course... You're here to pump up the power of the deck, oh, right? Oh, for sure. And one thing that is confusing me off the bat is what, what's with the name? Planner Portal. That is like the most uh, generic MTG name Portal. ever. Planner Portal. It is, or, is it a little bit of a Dungeons and Dragons name a little bit? That might make a lot of sense. Uh, the Planner Portal between the two planes. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, but come on. We can do a little bit better than that. We could call it like 
uh, plant. Uh, Do you know what? At the end of this episode, portal. at the end of this episode, you're going to give me the name, maybe not of this because we can't change the precon name, but the name of your upgraded deck. Oh, oh, okay. At the end well, of this episode, perfect. you're going to be like, and I present my upgraded deck, and its name is blank. Oh, I'm excited. So okay. I'm excited too for this. The, the pressure is on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's launch in and find out what these commanders are. Let's talk about the face commander. Why don't you present that to us? Okay. So the face commander is Prosper Tomebound. He's two, a black and a red and a tiefling warlock with death touch. Uh, and I'm sorry, a what warlock? A tiefling warlock. This is brand new to magic. All these. But not D &D. brand new to d and I'm assuming, right? Exactly. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted you. Sorry. I keep going. I yeah. was excited about a tiefling. <laughs> <laughs> these are good things to be excited about. So, uh, Already, Mystic Arcanum, at the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play that card. They've named abilities in this set. I like that. It's very cool. I like it a lot. And then Pact Boon, whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. When I saw that, I was like, this thing is going to be a house. Wow. Okay. So four mana value, one for Death Touch, who cares about that body? Because it enters into play and like you get access to a card. Immediately it does something. And yeah, or at the I beginning of your needs... beginning of your end step, but you play it during your exactly. main phase, your end step happens, and then you get a card that you have access to until your whole next turn. Exactly. And the way that mana ramp exists in Commander today, if you're not playing them by turn three, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, and then you keep playing extra cards and then you get extra treasure. Exactly. Uh, so that it kind of feeds itself. It gives you cards and it creates treasure for you to cast your next card. This, by the way, the this impulse draw of exiling it and then having access to it throughout all of your opponent's turns that is like my new favorite yeah like that's the worst part of of you know impulse draw is that it's on your turn it's available and then it's gone so your opponents aren't really worried about that card anymore this is like oh well now this removal spell or this interaction is available all the time i like that that extension all the way to your next turn because uh it, when you have a force the mc commander you drop it on turn three ideally you've ramped into it perfectly you don't have any mana left uh, mm. So you need that next turn. Uh, so hopefully we can cast a couple. But hopefully of you keep it around, and then four. you just keep exiling stuff, and then keep exactly. generating treasure. Man, that extra treasure is like sneaky. Treasure and, is so like I've been telling people, treasure is so good. Yeah. You know, just imagine if you have something that just creates lotus petals. Like in many situations, that's like a card's worth of value. This gets a card's worth of value because it's like you're drawing a card, and then every two treasures that you create, that's like another card's worth of value. It's yeah, like a value engine in your command zone. I love it. I want to highlight specifically the wording on Pact Boon. Whenever you play a card from Exile, you make a create a oh. treasure token. Play. Playing and casting are two different things uh, because that includes lands. And that includes like other things from Exile too. I wonder how many things that you can play from Exile that will generate you more and more treasure. Oh, this deck is opening up. But like, we haven't even talked about all the commanders yet. The simple line of play here. It doesn't involve any other cards other than, say, like a mountain. All right. So we exile a mountain. Commander's out. We play that mountain from exile. You get a treasure token. Two mana from a land drop. And oh, I'm getting excited. Okay, okay. I'm also getting ahead of myself. It's not landfall. It's playing the land, which is a specific type of action. That's awesome. But again, we have a whole other commander. It's not the face commander of this card, but it is... Uh, I don't know if this is scary or comical. Let's take a look at the next Rakdos legendary from the precon. All right. Uh, Karazakar, the eye tyrant, three black red for five, five uh, legendary creature beholder, uh, classic D and D monster. Nice. Uh, 
when you whenever you attack a player, tap target creature that player controls and goad it, which means until the end of your next turn, that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks player other than you if able. Okay, so we're already reaching out across the board and interacting. That's very cool. And whenever an opponent attacks another one of your opponents, you and the attacking player each draw a card and lose a life. Even if it didn't goad, I feel like that second ability we've already seen on commanders that are super playable. Yeah, now are you worried about the symmetrical effect that you and the other person are drawing a card? Uh, not as much, because if you're putting this into your command zone, you need to build an advantage that's going to mm, let you take it. care so of So you're it. basically saying, like, I'm going to deploy my cards more efficiently than you. And also, if you're goading everyone, then you're actually drawing, like, three cards as all your opponents are attacking, and then yeah. they're each only drawing one. So you are breaking that. It feels symmetrical, but you're actually breaking it over the whole turn of a table. Yeah, like, the second ability might actually be the primary ability, mm. and the first ability kind of fixes it in your favor. Well, that's actually pretty great, too. Also, um, it pressures life total. I know that one life doesn't feel like a lot, but when you're goading creatures into attacking into other people, then you're actually like exchanging a lot of damage around the table and life total becomes sort of a real thing. Um, what do you think about the goad mechanic, Jake? Uh, I love it. I love getting people out into the red zone uh, when it's working. When it's not working it's a lot less exciting. Mm. Like, so what makes it work? Because we'll, we, we're going to talk about which commander belongs in this deck. What makes Goad work in a commander deck? Uh, being against plenty of creature strategies, which... <laughs> what makes it work? Who you're playing against. Exactly. <laughs> what about if you have enough creatures? Does that mean that like even their incidental creatures, like even if you goad them, like you're able to take advantage of the board? Um... Are you talking about like goading your own creature? No, not goading your oh, own creatures, oh, okay. but like, here's the thing. Let's say that I attack and you have nothing to goad and it's like, oh, wah, wah, it's not working. But if you have a big enough board presence, you're actually fine that they have no creatures to goad mm -hmm. because you're pressuring them on the battlefield. Yeah, it's already clear to path. Uh, like if you, the problem is that they have no creatures, your strategy is already online in a different way. So that's an interesting uh, alternative to the issues that I have with goad. Okay, so with these two commanders, we have one that has to do with uh, playing things from exile, drawing cards, card advantage, man advantage, sounds like classic commander stuff, does not attack well, is a one for death touch that gives you value, so not swinging in the red zone. And then we have the beholder that loves things attacking all over the place that causes some chaotic attacking back and forth that still generates card advantage. Card advantage on both of these, but definitely different strategies. So we're gonna have to pay attention to which one fits this deck well. We've got one other legendary creature but it cannot be uh, easily be the head of this pre-constructed deck because it's mono black and then you have to get rid of all the red cards and that's way more than 10 cards in 10 cards out so why don't you still introduce us to the other legendary that you can run in this deck all right Lorcan warlock corrector a collector is a five black black seven mana value commander it's a six six flyer whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere you may pay life equal to its mana value if you do put it onto the battlefield under your control it's a warlock in addition to its other types if a warlock you control would die exile it instead that sounds like a really cool ability but i noticed some inflection in your voice when you said seven mana value oh my god <laughs> so the funny thing about six versus seven is there's some sort of uh cosmic boundary that we pass through on our way to seven mana value where something happens to commanders and now they just become these glowing objects in the command zone like <laughs> so some people come in here and talk about math they're like look statistically six and seven they like break down how many lands you have how what your draw power is and stuff like that where you are in the game you're like no 
it's a cosmic barrier. It's some sort of <laughs> planner portal that prevents seven drops from really affecting the board as much as six drops. There's divinity and evil involved at the same time with this uh, man of value commander. <laughs> seven is crazy. Like Seven it, is a lot. You yeah. know what you say to yourself is, well, that thing's never going to come out, so I'm not that worried about it. Then you know what happens? It hits the table. And now the game has completely skewed in a different direction. I do, I do like how much this takes over a game it because does. you mill someone, right. you know what I mean? Like you just have them discard from their hand. You, you know, kill some things uh, and then suddenly you have an army out of nowhere. So and it's, it's undoubtedly a do. powerful ability. Right. You know, I, I am, I'm thinking about how powerful like command the dread horde is where you are paying life for mana value and getting a bunch of stuff back. You know, this can sort of generate that value over and over again across a game, but you're right. The hurdle is seven, seven mana. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's that crazy. Of course, it is monocolor, so you don't have uh, the amazing ramp tools in green or anything. But seriously, uh, monocolor, artifact ramp, like, I think you're going to get there pretty simply. Okay. Okay, confidence that we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Okay, so those are the legendary creatures, the new ones that are in this deck. There's some other legendary creatures, but we care about the new ones as we're presenting them. But you know what? We're going to get a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about s- some of the stats. That was a good one, Jake. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, it's so weird. Like the guys aren't even here and these things are living beyond them. I mean, why wouldn't you want to just go stats? I mean, it's, it's yeah. I remember uh, when I was an editor in Portland, before I moved here, I actually made a graph for stats. <laughs> I love it. Okay. But let's talk about the stats because they help us understand this deck and that'll help us understand which commander belongs at the helm of it. Uh, let's start off with something that's critical to commander a ramp. Jake, how many sources ramp do we have? 11. That feels pretty healthy. That seems really good. Plus, we look at the face commander that makes a ton of treasure tokens. Like, we're getting there. And by the way, I we, I did not include, like, incidental treasure creation uh, as ramp. Wow. So, like, your commander did not count as a ramp piece. Because it's not, <laughs> it's, honestly, it's not ramp, but it is incidental ramp. You it know what is, I mean? yeah. So, some of the treasure creation that can happen in here can just supplement the existing solid ramp that we have. So, really, this this is a really good number 11 awesome um card draw 13 pieces of card draw who wrote these lists pretty good (laughs) actually this has been a theme in a lot of these lists they've been really well-rounded yeah uh we've gotten a lot of good ramp and good card draw uh on these things um and by the way card draw one caveat it is a lot of impulse card draw An impulse card draw has diminishing returns. You know, it if does. like, let's say your turn starts and you say, okay, I'm going to draw four cards, exile this, exile this, exile this, exile this. I can play them this turn. What are the odds that you actually can't play all four of them? It's actually pretty high. Yeah. Um, so like there's even some one card of those, selection there. one of those, we're happy. We're doing our thing. Two of those. Oh, this was a great turn. So you're burning three cards. So yeah, a lot of card draw, uh, impulsive draw does make sense. Yeah. So impulsive card draw makes sense with the commander, but there are diminishing returns. So we have to balance out our card draw and take a look at it individually. But um, overall, 13 sources like cha-ching. Yeah. Um, okay. What about single target removal? All right, this one is nutty. Like, they keep getting better and better. Single target removal, 13. 
pieces of single target removal. Whoa! So yeah. this does feel like a very interactive deck that can sort of take out take out creatures, and that makes sense too, because if you're a controlling deck, that's what you want. If you're an attacking deck, you want single, ta- single target removal too. So that feels like it's in line with both of your commanders, but 13 is great. Yeah, you're very much in command of the board, and uh, we see that in the next one, which is board wipes. Okay, how many board wipes do we have? Only two. Ooh, okay. So we're not interested in globally destroying everything. We're uh, more obsessed with uh, our will and pop this, pop that. You're not doing that. Nice try. Got it. Got it. Okay, that seems to make sense. So the wipes might be a little bit low, but it seems to be in line with what the deck wants to do. Right. Speaking of what the deck wants to do, I mean, we've got some... We got a commander that likes to attack, and we've got a commander that likes to mess around with stuff from exile. How many like attacking matters cards do we have? We have thirteen attacking matters cards. That's a that's a critical mass, I think, yeah. to like to want to attack, to want to do that. Um, how many cards give you a payoff for exiling something? Well, it's only two, uh, but hmm. being the face commander, I feel like that counts as a lot more. That represents a lot more. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It means that you have access to that all the time if it is your face commander. Okay. Um, also, one thing that we talked about earlier is that, you know, you, do you really need a payoff for drawing a card? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's do you really need a payoff, payoff for like, yeah, just just exiling or playing something from exile itself seems to be its own good payoff. It is. Yeah. Okay. Before we talk about who's going to home this deck and how you're going to upgrade it, let's talk about a few more stats. And that's the value of this commander deck. Now, one thing to note is that this is only counting up the 53 reprints in the deck, not the new cards. We don't know the prices of the new cards because this is before you know any of the new cards. The community knows the new new cards. So it's just reprints. But it's a good thing that we're measuring up just the reprints because uh, we've measured up the reprints the same way for all of these pre-constructed decks. So we have historical data that can let us know if this is a good deal or not. Uh, Jake, what's the total reprint value in this set? $92 and one penny. Okay. That seems pretty good because that's that's higher than the Strixhaven pre-constructed decks. They average out at $88 of reprint value. Uh, higher than the three-year average that we've accumulated, which is $87 of reprint value. So... It's good, but it's not as high as some of the other pre-constructed decks out there. Some of the other sure. ones were nutty. Um, are we satisfied with better than average? Uh, for me, when I pick up a box and I know that there's $92 of value for everything accounted for as far as reprints go, yeah, 100% that's worth it uh, if you're doing just the numbers. If we're talking about uh, logistics, uh, things that I'm actually going to use in my decks, there's probably still MSRP's worth a value in this deck for sure actually one thing that you notice is that you're like things i use in my deck actually i think that the that in this deck specifically there are more staples yeah than in the other nuts decks. and bolts like really the nuts and bolts that go in a commander deck that go in a rakdos deck i think that they are in this pre-constructed deck more than than many other that i've seen in general just, yeah just overall because we'll talk about those notable reprints and honestly i think that as long as it is better than average then that kind of like takes the burden off you can be like oh i can pick the deck that i want to as long as i know that it's better than the average pre-constructed deck yeah this one especially it introduces it reintroduces a few pieces back uh into the play group that might have been missing before because the price was too prohibitive for the effect well, let's talk about some of the notable reprints. There are 14 cards worth more than $2, and we're going to mention them. What's the top card reprinted in this pre-constructed deck? Yeah, um, like I was just saying, uh, Disrupt Decorum. To me, this is a card that spices up the pod, uh, but 
I'm just not willing to pay, you know, 18 bucks price? for eighteen dollars decorum. Ugh. I know. And honestly, this disrupt decorum used to be like a card that I would tout. It would be one of my budget like game ending, yeah. like really have a big impact on the board because it was a couple bucks, you yeah. know, and then when it kept rising and kept rising, kept rising, you know, it it became less worth it. Right. Right. I am. Uh, I think that it's an amazing effect. You win games with disrupt decorum uh, that you don't usually win. By the way, text is two red, red goad. Go, go to all your, creatures go to all your opponent's creatures yeah, yeah and it's great because a typical board wipe at four mana we'd expect to destroy everything this is introducing action to the board mm. and action is where we go from say like a 17 turn game to a much more reasonable 10 to 12 turn game i love disrupt decorum awesome obviously better against creature decks like you were talking about with right. your commander here uh next up we have talisman of indulgence that's the red black talisman that was nine dollars a super solid reprint <laughs> i know right great felwar stone another two mana mana rock coming in at six dollars this is what i'm talking about about these staples that just go in so many different decks yeah felwar stone two mana mana ramp could almost go in any deck same thing with talisman of indulgence i would love to put that in uh any decks that are that are rakdos colored or even more colors so a lot great of these reprints cards, right there i would never expect them to be like a felwar stone to be six bucks uh, because it goes in so many decks. Well, guess what? It's not going to be six bucks for long. Not Get anymore. that price down. This is how we tend to the prices. I love it. What's up next? Vandal Blast, five ninety nine. Solid reprint. Everybody needs a few copies of Vandal Blast. I think so too. Uh, honestly, Vandal Blast is a staple. It's one red to destroy an artifact, but it's four and a red to overload and destroy all your opponent's artifacts. Um, are your friends playing a, a lore hold artifact matters deck? No, Vandal Blast them. They're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nice try, pal. <laughs> All right, next up is Loyal Apprentice, four ninety nine. Uh, really great. Two CMC. Yeah, makes little thopters when your commander's out on the Repeatedly battlefield. Repeatedly makes like, thopters. I I love Loyal Apprentice. Played in a lot of Artifact Matters decks. I'm a connoisseur of tokens, so anything that's pumping out tokens at that mana value is crazy. Too. Perfect. Bedevil is five bucks. Reprinted here, just solid removal spell for Boating Ruins. Uh, 450 uh they've reprinted a lot of really good lands across the board in these constructed yeah. decks uh dire fleet daredevil four dollars well how did that happen i everything I think has gotten away from me so quickly here i love dire fleet daredevil because it it's it, here's the thing snapcaster mage is great and, and arguably better mm-hmm. you know what i mean it lets you predictably recast your own spells but dire fleet daredevil is so much more fun because you're going after your opponent's stuff you're like oh let me see that blue spell over there. Ooh, let me see that green ramp spell over there. And you direfully daredevil flash it back. I think it's way fun in Perfect our in format. This deck too. Oh really? Yeah, oh, for sure. Solid. Perfect. Uh, next up, Tainted Peak. Yeah, three ninety nine. Chaos Warp two ninety nine. Soul Ring two forty nine. Always two dollars and fifty cents. Keep printing those Soul Rings. Some great untapped land action with Smoldering Marsh at two twenty nine. Again, Arcane Signet. Uh, at Two 199 bucks, yeah. and Rakdos Signet at 199 So wait a second. If we're looking at Mana Ramp here, we've got a Talisman, a Felwar Stone, a Soul Ring, an Arcane Signet, and a Rakdos Signet. Five of these cards are just solid rocks right. that go in any deck. Um, great job, Wizards. Just yeah, if you're picking up, if you're trying to build any old Rakdos deck and you're trying to, you know, start your collection off or something, picking up this deck, switching out even, like, say, 
50 cards for your cards. This mana base, the ramp package, the card draw that's involved here, it's pretty good. Okay. I I think so too. Okay. So, but we're not switching out 50 cards. Right. We're doing a pretty reasonable change, 10 in, 10 out, but we got to know which commander is helming this so we know like what direction we're going because it feels like uh, this has two distinctly different directions. So, Jake, what do you want to do? Do you want to draw cards and create treasure or do you want to goad your opponents and attack and draw? For me, this was a snap decision. This was so easy. Prosper Tonebound. The face commander of it. Okay. So you want to... Do you feel that strongly about it or do you think that it's either or? Um, here's the thing. I think that you want... If you're going to be attacking, you need a higher quality of creature because right. your creatures need to matter more because attacking is inherently a little bit of a weaker strategy. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the removal package in here. Like we have great card draw, great ramp, and great removal... Is there room for creatures that impact the board a lot and that matter that attack really well for that whole goad package? Right. Uh, I think that you made the right decision by going with classic commander stuff, card draw and ramp. And yeah. that plays into some of the other strategies in the deck. So uh, even though I think I personally like the Beholder a little bit better, I think that you picked the right one to upgrade for this precon. Yeah, I, I think the Beholder is probably going to be a more fun deck uh, in the right place, but... For sure. Value Town. That's where we're going with Prosper Tonebound. <laughs> awesome. Tonebound okay. to Value Town. All right. So we're going to be playing cards from Exile. We're going to be creating treasures. Uh, so what are the best cards in the deck, the best cards that you're going to highlight that are going to make this deck sort of hum? Well, the first one is Vandal Blast. Uh, overloaded Vandal Blast. Uh, destroy each artifact you don't control. That <laughs> great. It clears like, a path so easily. I like also that this having two modes means that it's more reliable in exile. Right. Where you can just play it for one. And when you can play something for one out of exile with your commander, you immediately get that back with your treasure token. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So you uh, can just be like, oh, I don't have five or I want to do more things this turn. Uh, I'll Vandablast one thing. And then it's like free almost yeah it, it's basically free like you got to spend money to make money in this deck <laughs> for sure uh that's a key concept but yeah uh any free cards like this we've definitely got our eyes on. i can't believe i'm like touting the non-overloaded version you should overload <laughs> this as much as possible it's yeah, backbreaking that's just a really great card to choose all, all right. right next is pontiff of blight uh it has extort so whenever you cast a spell you may pay white or black if you do each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life so you extort for one against three opponents you're getting three life they each lose one and an important thing here that might be confusing for new players is the rules text uh the reminder text on extort has white black in it but that's just rules reminder text this can still go in a mono black deck that text is not officially in the rules text yeah it's not in the box it could just say exploit and nothing else and then the reminder text is just a reminder it's not it right. doesn't influence commander's color identity uh and that's but great for our treasures. Yeah, it, it gives every other creature extort too. So if you have a lot of other creatures, you could cast a single spell and go, oh, extort it for this creature, extort it for that creature, extort it for that creature. Right. Let's yeah. say we cast that Vandal Blast from Exile. Now we've got our treasure uh, up. We can pay the extort cost uh, however many times we possibly can. Mm. And for free, we've drained a ton of life, gained a, three times that much life, and gotten the value from the spell as well. So we've gone through and done some test runs of this deck. So we've played it a little bit. Uh, after playing this deck, this went from a possible cut to yeah. one of the best cards in the deck. Like one I of was really cards. impressed. I was like, oh, Pontiff of Blight, 6 CMC. I don't know if I can swing that. Uh, but then I saw it happen a few times. And I'm like, okay, 
this is impossible to ignore. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm glad that you had it. I'm glad you didn't cut it before you played with it and kind of knew knew what was going on. That's awesome. Right. You got you, one you more. It can't just be an intellectual exercise. You have to spin the wheels and watch it cook. Yeah. To trust the artist that wrote this list. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and then we have a new card that you want to show off. This card is crazy. Wild Magic Sorcerer. Three in a red for a 4-3 Orc Shaman. The first spell you cast from exile each turn has Cascade. So that's Ooh. each turn. So let's say we have an instant uh, exiled uh, with Prosper. We can cast that instant. We get Cascade. So by the way, with Cascade... Uh, oh yeah, this is Cas- essential. This is important. How does Cascade work? Well... It says it right there. When you cast your first spell from exile, uh, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non card that costs less, you may cast that without paying its mana cost. Oh, wait. So you are casting that you card are. from exile. That's right. And it is triggering your commander and you're getting a treasure. Right. So we trigger our commander with the first cast. We cascade. We hit it with the second cast. Now imagine what could possibly happen with the spell you cascade into. In a magical uh, dream world for me, we hit, you know... Something super spicy. That's so great. So here's the thing. If you are not casting things from exile, this card does nothing, right? So it does require you to kind of have a deck that works from exile. But this was one of the big exile payoffs that we mentioned earlier on in the the deck. So it makes sense that this could be great. Don't you love cards like this that are so powerful, but they're not going to warp a format because who's doing this? Uh, Who's casting cards from exile other than a pretty specific strategy? Uh, I do. I do like that, that it does. That is for a specific strategy that, you know, this is a house in some decks and other decks. It's like, wait, what does it do? Right. It also is pretty delicate because on its own, it doesn't do anything. And you can't just like, you can't just cast one card from exile. You need to keep casting cards from exile in order for this to keep cascading and to keep giving you value. So it does have to stick around on the battlefield, I think, which makes me a little bit nervous, but the fun factor yeah. and the power level just overwhelms that. I'm excited about and it. And at 4CMC, by the time you're casting this, you will have probably cast your commander already and you'll have a little bit of mana left over extra to hopefully cast something the turn that it comes in. So two hits off of your commander uh, with the Wild Magic Sorcerer out, I feel like... And a lot of other Exile Matters stuff in the deck too. Exactly. Okay, perfect. I'm I'm a big fan of that. Okay, so we're going to talk about what cards you added to the deck, what cards we're taking out, but before we get into that, let's hear a nice little mid-roll break from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. We are talking about what cards to add to this pre-constructed deck. We've already mentioned that we're going to be casting things from exile. We're going to be creating treasure. Uh, so, Jake... What cards are we going to be adding? Now, remember, 10 cards in, 10 cards out. You had a budget. I did. Uh, the way that I used my budget was, uh, if we're going to do something, let's do it more. Uh, if we're going to do something, let's do it. That's how we do it, you know, on the game nights through. Does it. Do it let's, more. Do it better. Let's do this thing. Let's not, you know, uh, go halfway. All right. So you've got to do all this stuff under $30 within 10 cards. The first category you have is, is more. more, more draw. I need more. More. If we're going to do it, I don't want to get stuck uh, and say, you know, I wish I just had more pieces so the deck would sing. I'd rather overdo it. All right, let's do it then. So first up is Stolen Strategy. It's four in a red. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of each opponent's library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-land cards from among those exiled cards. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. 350 for this card. Uh, and by the way, I think it's a great option. I love playing other off of other people's decks. Sometimes you have access to really cool, fun things. Your opponents hate it. I think this is a slam dunk. And the fact that it lets you do it multiple times in a turn is huge mm -hmm. uh, because one of the great includes in the deck uh, that came stock was Itali. Oh, yeah. Itali in this deck is crazy because you swing out and you might get, let's say, like two to four hits off of Itali. Those all trigger your commander. You get treasure tokens for all of those. Yes. So I stolen strategy, giving us more fuel from other people's decks. And more we little stealing stuff. I like that. Messing around with your opponents. It worked with like Goad and Disrupt Decorum. That kind of like, hey, I'm going to mess with you a little bit. I but like that. Unlike uh, those cards where we're not sure if they're, they're going to have creatures, we're pretty sure they're going to have a library. Spells. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, next up, some more card draw. Yeah, another enchantment, Valakut Exploration, two and a red, uh, landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. The beginning of your end step, if there are uh, cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard, then uh, Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. Okay, so a little bit of incidental damage, but just a little another, bit here and there. another sort of impulse draw. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And from Landfall, too, let's talk about, like, the play pattern of we got a land exiled with Prosper. We play it. We get a treasure token. And then uh, we get another impulsive draw off of this card. Uh, and even if we don't cast that card, it's going to deal some damage, ideally. I like the idea of, because you are going to have a lot of things exiled, hopefully a lot of options to play cards. I like the idea of, like, just saying, okay, if we don't do it, then we can do one damage. Like, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, if if it just had that first ability, it'd be worthless. But uh, the fact that it does something extra is good. Sounds good. All right. Um, more more draw. More. Let's more do draw. more. <laughs> Another red enchantment. Uh, three in a red. Vance's Blasting Cannons. A legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast that card this turn. When, uh, whenever you cast your third spell in a turn, you may transform Vance's Blasting Cannons. Ooh, what does it transform into? Or it you're, transforms like, oh, you're like, I don't even care. <laughs> into a land that adds a red or uh, two in a red and tap it to lightning bolt something deal da three damage to target creature or player 
Okay. Um, I like the idea of being able to lightning bolt stuff. I, I like the idea of like, hey, you know what? If I'm getting to the point in the game where I can cast three spells, you know, maybe I don't need this other exile effect. Yeah. I can transform it and turn it into ramp. Yeah, exactly. I always think of these spells, uh, same with uh, Search for Escanta and cards like that. Uh, I always think of them as ramp spells first, and if they do something along the way, that's pretty cool. Search like. for Escanta is actually one of my favorite blue ramp spells. It's v- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very good card. Uh and, and the lightning bolt effect, who knows, you know, it might help you out. Later, I mean, but. like there is a lot of like a little bit of damage here, a little bit of damage there in this deck. And so right. being able to be like, all right, um, lightning bolt, you untap lightning bolt, you like that could be a real threat. So I like that. All right. Um, um, more, more draw. Even more draw. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Oracle's balls. This is a little bit expensive for an artifact, but the effect is a little nutty. So it's a four mana artifact uh, to and tap exile the top card of your library until end of turn. You may play that card. Put a brick counter on Oracle's vault. Love brick counters. So it ticks it up and then uh, tap and exile the top card of your library uh, until end of turn. You may play that card without paying its mana cost. Activate this ability only if there are three or more brick counters on Oracle's vault. All right. So more card draw um but also when you start ticking this thing up you could just be casting spells for free yeah and then actually it's not for free it's for plus mana because hopefully you're getting treasure and in a pretty tuned deck we're talking about uh this is a very slow card for a, a high cost but in this type of environment where we're talking about upgraded pre-cons that are 10 cards in 10 cards out mm. this sort of environment that we frequently see after the new commander set drops uh this card is perfect you have plenty i like of- how you can have control over when you activate it so you can activate it on your opponent's turn even though exactly. you might you might miss it might not be good but you have that option yeah yeah um some more draw some more draw. Lelia, the Blade Reforged, two and a red, uh, legendary creature, spirit warrior. She's a 2-2. Two, two. Haste. Whenever Lelia, the Blade Reforged, attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Whenever you exile one or more cards from your library and or your graveyard, put a 1-1 counter on her. Oh, this is this is some draw, but this is a beater. Really. Yeah, this is another this is exile payout. This thing is going to... You're exiling cards all over the place. Yeah. This thing is just going to get huge. This is like what we are doing already so and the fact that it fuels the engine as well is so cool uh th- this card is going to blow up out of nowhere amazing by the way all the cards that you've mentioned so far the valakut exploration 50 cents vance's blasting station 25 cents oracle's vault 25 cents layla uh, blade reforged 69 cents so really we're not stressing the budget out at all with all of this awesome card draw and even this big beater payoff um yeah one thing i want to mention about this is uh josh and i talked a little bit about decks everyone should build a long time ago and one of those was a 1-1 counter deck because the options that are available for a 1-1 counter deck i think there are 1500 cards that care about 1-1 counters every impulsive single set of draw, like there's more stuff yeah yeah impulsive draw is very similar to that because it's such a key mechanic for red now that you have enough tools to where not only can you find great budget cards but you have so many options that as a deck builder you get to decide what game am i going to have not just is there enough support to do what i want to do everyone else all the other guests come on and say hey if you're interested in this deck i hear i'll tell you how to do it jake's like no 
if you are a real commander player, <laughs> this is the deck that you should make an impulsive draw deck. Everyone needs to make my deck. I think everybody <laughs> should have a Flyers deck, uh, the basics of Magic, because there is so much, uh, there are so many choices, and you don't need to spend hundreds to get there. We spent 30 bucks, and there are so many tools that we left. So this deck is, is basically fun enough that you should experience it as a Magic player. Exactly. All right. Um, so this one doesn't exactly fit in any category, but it's a two for one. So why don't you introduce us to your little piece of removal here? Yeah, Murderous Rider. Uh, it's an adventure card. It's a one black black creature, two three lifelink. When it dies, put it on the bottom of its owner's library. But it's got an adventure on the other side. Uh, Swift End, one black black instant adventure. Uh, destroy target creature or planeswalker. You lose two life. Then exile this card. You may cast a creature later from exile. Two bucks for this card. Yeah, um, and I we thought have a lot of good single target removal. What makes yeah. Murderous Rider like a good include in this deck? To me, I just wanted to include a adventure card. Uh, because you're I don't casting know which from one exile again. Exactly. More casting from exile. Trigger uh, that this commander. is one of the best. This is one of the best exile. Yeah. Like you know. It's Imagine we speed. hit that on, on exile. We cast this from exile. It exiles, and we cast a creature from exile Ooh. with one of our impulsive draw cards. Like that's plenty of value four mana for a great removal spell and a two three life linker and if other people are like oh you know i'm i'm interested in this adventure mechanic because it synergizes so well you can look up adventures and there are plenty find of out adventures. which ones which ones that are good i think that you chose chose a great one right there yeah um okay so with all of this card draw a lot of card draw let's let's actually talk about that for a second like we talked about impulsive card draw having diminishing returns and we had a really healthy amount to start off with like did you go overboard on card draw is that a thing to go overboard on card draw i think it's possible uh i think that i wanted to make sure that for the the foreseeable future i had all the pieces that i wanted uh so there are probably going to be some overperformers and underperformers mm -hmm. in the deck. And uh, when it's time to clear out the underperformers, we'll replace those with more nuts and bolts style cards. That's more of a 25 card upgrade, I think. Mm. But when you're talking about 10, uh, it's such a limited environment that you want to watch the deck do its thing. Because the nightmare is you play a four hour game and do nothing. Uh, also, during our playtesting, one thing that I saw that Jake did is that he had his board of exiling cards, and then he would exile another thing that would give him more cards and just not cast that, cast something else. Yep. Uh, so sometimes... Uh, the way that you're drawing these cards, it ends up fixing the fact that you have too much of it. You're just like, I don't need another exile effect. And he just lets that rot in exile and plays the spells that are more relevant. So I think yeah, that you, you have a lot you of are, selection. Yeah. And I think that you are working for that critical mass in the early game. It's not just like, I need a critical mass in my deck. I need a critical mass to get online faster. So uh, I think that in practice, it worked out fine and it'll take a lot more right. reps of this deck to tune, fine tune exactly how much impulse draw that you need. Right, but straight out of the box, this is how I'm gonna treat it. Perfect, okay. Well, here's the thing. You're, you're drawing a lot of cards. You have access to a lot of cards and a lot of cards are impulse draw. You need some mana to support that. How have you uh, supported that by getting not just more cards, but more mana? Well, one of my favorite new cards, uh, Stormkiln Artist. It's a three and a red for a 2-2 two, two Dwarf Shaman, and it gets plus one, plus zero oh for each artifact you control, hopefully a lot. Oh, uh, a lot of treasures. From our yeah. ramps to our treasures, it should be a pretty big creature. And then it has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, make a treasure. And we have, I think, over 20 instants and sorceries to trigger this thing. 
I mean, a lot of your removal, actually, now that you're thinking about it, you're like, you're doing your whole thing. You're creating treasures from your commander. You're creating treasures from this. You like cast a spell from exile, like clearing the way, create two more treasures. And exactly. suddenly this thing can swing for a lot of damage too. And that's not even the main mode. Yeah. Is, attacking and let's say that we hit dj's vandal blast no please don't we (laughs) so we cast that vandal blast from exile we get two treasures and now we're profiting like profiting oh, yeah, off you're this right. stuff. Now uh, we're able to chain stuff together a little bit more. Reuse and because we had mana, yeah. a criminal amount of card draw in this deck that I've jammed in there, uh, profiting is a big deal because you're going to go pop, pop, pop. Nice. I like Never that. ending. Actually, you don't have to convince me that this is a great card for Pretty any red card. deck, honestly. That Speaking has a critical mass of spells. All right, let's do it. All right. So uh, already we were like, all right, let's save this conversation for the podcast. This is a big, big include. For $15, I included Jessica's Will. Two and a red. It's a sorcery. Choose one. If you control your commander, you may choose both. Add uh, red for each card and target opponent's hand. And exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn. So this is a $15 card. This is half of your budget. And I think that whenever you include a card that takes up this much of the budget when there's only 10 cards included, like you got to explain not just that why it's a good card, but why it belongs in this specific upgrade because here's the thing no one's going to argue that jessica's will is an amazing card right we've seen it do great stuff on game nights we've talked about it a lot but i mean 15 dollars to do more of the same thing that you've already included for cheaper for sure so uh with the amount of card draw that we have we are going to see a lot more of our cards more frequently uh the amount of cards that you see in this deck is insane so we actually might hit this more often than we would in a normal commander deck uh also uh the fact that you can let's say I cast this card from my hand, not even from exile. Okay, so I've got the red that's in an opponent's hand. What would you say? Probably six to seven is probably fair for how much you're going to hit off of the red. Yeah, I think that that I think that seven is a is a a generous number, but like five. Okay, so how about I think five? Fair. Five. Okay, yeah. we'll just go with five. How about that? All right, so five uh, red mana on top of uh, the. I've spent three to get the five and I've got these three cards that are all going to give me treasures from my commander. So now we're mm, getting, okay. Yeah. I see what you're, where you're going with this. And the fact that you can play these cards, it's not, you can cast them. You can play them. You can hit those land drops. Like we were talking about earlier and get treasures from the land drops. So this starts feeling a little bit more like storming off rather than just exile value. Yeah. It's not just because Jessica's will is a great card. It definitely is. Uh, but in this deck specifically, it's almost like this was made for this deck. Uh, okay. I agree with you that it's a good card. I also see how it can be super synergistic with this. Because honestly, if you're looking at all these cards that you have in exile, you might be like, okay, I need mana. Or, you know, you drop the, draw this off the top and you're like, oh, I need cards. So it's right. like very modal. And then when your commander's on the battlefield, it just opens up all the options, right? Yeah. To let you keep going, to let you get more access to cards and also uh, give you that access to mana too. So I can see how modal it is. I think... Uh, I'm still having a hard time with the 15 bucks. I, I understand. I, I think a big thing to consider is that in this deck, if you don't have your commander out, you're in trouble. You need to have your commander out. Okay, yeah. Even if it means casting it for eight commander tax or something crazy like that. Well, let me let me do my paper throw. Yeah. Oh my god. Editors, you're gonna make that thing fly across the screen. Oh, whoa, there goes the paper again. <laughs> that was amazing. Amazing. Okay, uh, and ideally we're casting this from exile. So 
let's say that we impulsive draw into this card we cast it from exile immediately you get the treasure plus the mana you play a land that you hopefully hit with this thing magical christmas land is not far away with jessica's will so 15 dollars though okay so you're you're more thinking like because here's the thing i can see that crazy upside and so you're saying like look that upside is so fun it's doing exactly what you want to do it's going to make your deck feel really powerful and and to do what your commander wants sure a lot Uh, of 15 dollar cards will do that yeah from my from my point of view i'm thinking maybe maybe a safer card maybe like protection for your commander you know what i mean sure uh so one thing that i want to mention with the 15 dollar card is uh this card was recently printed uh in uh, november i think in commander legends uh and it's been an amazing card right now it's 15 bucks i feel like this card is probably not going to get printed for a while i mean i don't know oh, the future financial advice from the pre-constructed let's, upgrade deck yeah right. let's say i am not an mtg financial advisor but uh picking up a card like this for the perfect deck you're not going to be sad that you have a jessica's will here but there's tons of three and four dollar cards that are great in this deck that aren't necessarily great in other decks but as your collection grows you're definitely going to be happy that you picked up this jessica's will and you're going to tweet at me and say hey jake thanks so much for that advice i can't believe jessica's will is this uh price right now okay so here's your the upsides are that it's a perfect card for the deck it clearly synergizes with everything it's powerful and it's fun to play with powerful cards also it's expensive but it is like a headliner card in red and you want to own it anyways so uh and then the downsides are kind of like hey it takes up a bit of your budget for 10 up 10 down but I, you know what? I know where you're coming from and I can, I can agree with that logic. We have so many uh, great tools, like I said earlier, about uh, impulsive draw because magic does that so often that you don't necessarily need to spend a ton of money to get a great finely tuned deck. So, so when you have the budget, spend so it on, spend it on something figure. exciting that does, that yeah. does exactly what you want to do. Something that you say, Ooh, I cast that Jessica's will. Cause you know what happens is in the mornings, uh, sometimes we'll come into the office and talk to each other about like, <laughs> Oh man, I was playing this game last night and you know what happened was this. Uh, Jessica's Will is one of those spells. I hit this off of Jessica's Will. That made me a treasure. I played the land and that gave yeah, me enough to do the like thing. Like Valakut's Awakening. You're like, yeah, I exiled a card that I didn't cast and I did one to each <laughs> opponent. You're like, no. Like, That's not you, the stuff we talk about. You generate the stories off of a card like Jessica's yeah. Will. I get I get what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, we're not even done yet. Uh, we've <laughs> got another guess. one, uh, which is another, by the way, expensive card. Seven bucks for your next choice. Yeah, but it was just so good. But I'm, but I'm not actually. I'm not. This one I feel is worth that seven dollar price tag. Let's talk about Bergy. So I mainly cared about the backside, but the front side says uh, two and a red. It's a legendary creature god three three. Whenever you cast a spell, add red until end of turn. You don't lose mana uh, as steps and phases end. Creatures you control boast twice during each of your turns rather than once. We don't care about that so much. I don't even remember they boast twice. I'm like, yeah, wait, I've- is that actually text on this thing? <laughs> Yeah, I never noticed that because we're too busy on uh, the storminess of the front oh side. My God. But here's the thing. You're exi- I think that the front side is great because you're exiling a bunch of cards. You're creating treasure and Bergie's generating mana. So it gives you more options to play more cards that you've exiled. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's, a there's a lot a of play patterns. <laughs> yeah. So the backside stands on its own. Bergie, you know, she works like crazy on the front side. But the backside is Harnfell, Horn of Bounty, Legendary Artifact. Discard a card. Exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. 
Uh, Four in a red gives you more ways to play things from exile. Jake right. needs more card draw. By I the way, even more. even the things in the more mana section are still like no, but it also does card draw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just as well. I know that it makes mana card draw. <laughs> so anything that says discard a card colon definitely gets you thinking about madness. Uh, is there madness in this deck? There is not madness in this deck, but you're going to have so many cards in exile, you might be discarding to hand size. But this card in particular, I just want to mention, I did not include any madness, but you are casting stuff from exile with madness. So that would trigger your commander. Someone smarter than me might be able to figure out an excellent madness Got it. So deck. just like you included one... Um one card that was in, from an adventure. Exactly. You're like, I also want to mention madness because madness is like a thing. There are amazing, smart magic players out there who might crack this card wide open with a madness package. Uh, but yeah, Harnfell, Harnfell in this deck, uh, discard a card, colon, impulsive draw twice. If you're in the madness theme at all, that just pops off like crazy. Perfect, perfect. Well worth $7. And our last include... This one, we came across it yesterday, actually. We were looking at this, and we were like, well, you don't want to throw in an Exsanguinate or a Torment of Hailfire. That's I was, easy. I was actually ripping Jake. I was like, Jake, you have so much card draw in this deck, really? He's like, yes, really. And I shouted it from across the room, of course I do. <laughs> but then this card, I'm like, oh, you, this card. This card is great. It's a suspend card, so uh, Glimpse of Tomorrow. It has no casting cost. It's a sorcery. Suspend three, and it costs red, red. And then when it resolves, shuffle all permanents you own into your library, then reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put all non-aura permanents revealed this way onto the battlefield, then do the same for aura cards, then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So you shuffle everything, and then you reveal for all the stuff that you shuffled. Okay. Including your treasure tokens. <gasps> That's the key! The Bam! <laughs> Slam dunk with the treasure tokens. When we played this deck through, there was a ton of treasure tokens just lying around in wait. And They're so, just everywhere to the point where you're like, hmm, am I ever going to use these? Am I saving them up for something we were big? Like, we are like looking about Garper Aethergrid. Like, should I just tap two of them to deal one damage? We're like, no. No, no, Change no. them in for even more crazy zany stuff. There's a more responsible player out there who's going to be like, well, you could simply do this. No, no, no. We're going to go crazy with Glimpse of Tomorrow. Love it, love it. <laughs> we're we're going to shuffle it all. By the way, when you rip it off the something top. from suspend mm -hmm. are you casting it from exile i'm pretty sure that it, you sound like you know the answer i'm pretty sure that's the truth because you exile it with suspend counters then you may cast it right yes yes yeah uh so another thing that gets cast from exile so people could be like interesting and then put more suspend cards in there so i really like your upgrade guide because like we're mentioning madness we're mentioning adventures we're mentioning suspend we're mentioning all these different things that you can cast from exile uh which can trigger your commander and do more stuff don't think me think prosper like this card is so freaking cool the fact that uh it's tapping into one of the most basic things that red does. It gives us, like, this could have been a mono red card and been just as exciting. Love it. Love it. Okay. Great, great cards to upgrade it. But here's the thing. We're not going to do you any favors by telling you all the awesome magic cards that exist out there. You know, we you would just throw them into this deck and then it doesn't become, you know, tuned. You need to know what cards to take out in order to actually pump up the power level of this deck so it can hang with your friends. Jake, what cards have you cut? Well, uh, the first three are a strange rat package that are in this. Ogre Slumlord, Piper of the Swarm, and Chittering Witch. Uh, I'm not quite sure why there's a ton of rats. Maybe for the attacky matter stuff. But it looks like secondary and tertiary strategies to me. Not that interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, Loyal Apprentice. Loyal kind of Apprentice thing. also creates a little token. I mean, I guess... Great card. 
But. Yeah, but like it feels like it's a tacky. It feels like it might be uh, for one of the other one of the other ones. Why yeah. play Loyal Apprentice when you could play a card draw spell? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could you could the card draw could be anything. It could even be a one one thought. It could even be a, a repeatable token that comes in every turn. Uh, Ogre Slumlord really cares about uh, things dying going into combat. We're clearly not the combat deck. Right. Uh, Piper of the Swarm uh, has you gaining control of target creature. That's kind of a beholder type thing. I, I think that it's mainly there to pump out tokens that you have reliable attackers that you don't care about. Got it. Uh, possibly uh, you're right feels like it doesn't really belong belong here right what's our next cut uh fiend lash uh what's fiend lash do it is, is a new card it's a brand new card artifact equipment uh equipped creature has plus two plus oh and has reach whenever equipped creature uh is dealt combat damage it deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker it's kind of cool I am a pretty big good fan card. Of this. Turns your cards into like Boros Reckoner style stuff or Brash Taunters or Stuffy Dolls. The, the equip cost is two and a red. So we're actually talking about a five mana investment for something that only pumps power and not toughness. Here's the thing it belongs in other decks, and I can see yeah. how in attacky decks you make it harder. People don't want to block as often, but you're it, right. It's a thunderous include with something that's like a Brash Taunter or Boros Reckoner. Uh, cool effects. Yeah, the Stop Hitting Yourself deck is so excited about this card. They're, they're, they're in love. I'm in love with this card, but not for this deck, not for creating treasures and casting. Yeah. Spells. I actually know some other precons uh, in this set that might enjoy that card even more than this one. Ooh. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> All right. And then I removed uh, to DJ's disappointment, Ebony fly. It's a two mana artifact. It comes in tapped. Uh, like that's all I needed to read to cut it. But what? <laughs> <laughs> Two mana artifact comes in tapped. Uh, it taps for a colorless, and then four uh, roll a die or roll a d6 at the end of until end of turn. You may have Ebony Fly become an XX insect artifact creature token or creature with flying, where X is the result. So you roll a d6, and then it's a uh, whatever the result is flyer. And then when it attacks, another target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. Great attacky card. This is just one of my favorite cards in all of the pre-constructed decent decks. Like ramp all spell. of them across that. It's decent. It's a two-mana ramp card. Like, that's sure. what we want. We want two-mana ramp in these decks. Uh, we've got Signets and we've got uh, Talismans in this deck. Like, because I feel it's, it's too big for my britches on this card. <laughs> two-mana <laughs> two ramp, okay? And then in the late game like average case p pump four mana in becomes a three, three, Yeah, you know, and then fly something else to get extra damage. That storm kiln artist can start flying in. You know what I mean? Like there's can be some relevant creatures that might need to attack that might need to cause some combat damage. I know that it's an attacky card, but it's also just a mana rock at its base. I am upset. I think that it's a wise include it's smart and it's going to end the game. But if the game ends, how do we draw cards? <laughs> so here's the thing. Jake, uh, I was I was just floored because Jake decided to include a card that I hate, and he's like, "Oh, but it's fun." I you think can, it wasn't he. Can you can you read the card okay, that sure. I don't like, but you think is fun? Uh, well, let's start off with the name Bucknard's Everfull Purse. Okay, it's going in. <laughs> it's a two-minute artifact. Uh, one in tap, roll a d4, and create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result. The player to your right gains control of Bucknard's Everfull Purse. <laughs> Treasure for everybody. Keep, but it keeps going around to the right. It's not even that you can politically pass it back and forth. You're investing a card in here, and odds are you're just going to get two artifacts 
because you roll a d4 so yeah. like statistically two treasure well let's talk about uh my career i as my day job i edit magic the gathering gameplay i like watching action i like seeing big exciting things happen on the board check out our commander legends episode where joe johnson plays a root weaver druid everyone takes a deal and gets more lands on the board there's action going on that game was off to the races i'd rather play like that and give more treasure tokens than include an ebony fly that comes in tapped. <laughs> <laughs> I have, do you know what I said? I said my things. Uh, okay. Um, You're probably let's, right. Let's keep going. <laughs> but I might be having more fun. Okay. Something we can all agree on is a Raska relic. It's a three mana artifact with a send. Uh, so if you have 10 or more permits, you have the city's blessing. So it taps to add a colorless and tap sacrifice it. You gain three life and draw a card. Activate it only if you have the city's blessing. Two man artifacts are way better than three man artifacts. This doesn't even fix. Good cut. Yeah, terrible cut. Uh, so, oh, no, I mean terrible card for the deck. Uh, Dance Macabre. Uh, that's how you say that, right? Yes. Dance Macabre. Uh, three black black sorcery. Each player sacrifices a non-token creature. Roll a d20 and add the toughness of the creature you sacrifice this way. First off, love that very D&D that you add modifiers to your roll. Super cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then if you roll 1 to 14, return a creature card, uh, re- return a creature card, put it to a graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. So that's the basic effect. But if you roll over a 15, return up to two creature cards put into graveyards this way to the battlefield under your control. So it's an edict effect, but you have to sacrifice too. So everyone has to sacrifice. That's like a one mana spell. Innocent yeah. blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a one a mana spell. So, and this right here is a five mana spell. Okay. You also have it's a fun. reanimation thing. Right. So, but like if they're sacrificing bad creatures, like incidental creatures, you're not getting anything great back and no one's going to sacrifice their big warlock if they don't have to. It's a really fun card on paper because uh, like even just reading it, I was excited by the modifiers and stuff. But in practice, I think that magic players are so, uh, they're great game players and uh, will not, not let me have what, what I want. want. Like you're not going <laughs> to yeah. get what you want uh, and you can't get anything from their graveyard or your graveyard. It has to be what's sacrificed. So you're either getting something your own thing back or getting something that they have. Yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah, the curve of how exciting it goes is, ooh, that's a cool card, down to, all right, well, uh, I got this Llanowar Elves and pass for five yeah, mana. for sure. All right, one more cut. All right, uh, Hellish Rebuke, uh, classic D&D spell. It's two and a black for an instant until end of turn. Permanence your opponent control, uh, your opponent's control. Gain when this permanent deals damage to the player who casts this spell. Sacrifice that this permanent. You lose two life. So they deal damage to you, and then they immediately die, and they lose two life. Uh, so it ga- basically gives you, the player, death touch. And then whoever attacked you loses two life. I, you have to take the damage, which is kind of booty. I don't like that they. Yeah, I don't like that they have to take. We have to take the damage. I like that they lose two life, so it feels like a little bit of like a massacre worm type thing. But like, yes. I'm also wondering how much damage I can afford to take yeah. before like I die. This this is um. I don't know. It's not even a good protection spell because it is not like lifelink. This effect will resolve after you're already dead. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, you know that in ideal situation is they probably swing at you with a bunch of one ones. You cast this Do you know what else and too? then trick them. Look at this. Like this is so conditional. You need to hold this in your hand and use it at the exact right time. Yeah. What about a deck that exiles everything? 
Do you know what I mean? Like these last two spells <laughs> where they see it coming. Yeah. These last two spells, like you, you need to have the board set up exactly right. And then you're like, now's the right time to play my, my edict and reanimate. Now's the right time to play my kill your things after you attack them. If you're just like exiling these things to play them on your turn, right. whatever, like, or when they can see it, they do nothing. So I think that getting rid of these things, they're conditional. Uh, are is a great choice. I could see Hellish Rebuke in a deck that's less like, you know, here's exactly my plan, like this one is. Uh, that's, you know, more secretive. I it's could not see even it. good in a goad deck because they don't no. attack you. I don't it's like not card. great, uh, but it could be a lot better in another deck than it is in this one. Santis the Warweaver that makes everyone attack. That's a great idea. And then idea. they attack you and then you're like, ha ha, you take a lot of damage. Yeah. All right. Uh, great cuts, uh, except for the Ebony Fly. I hate yeah. you. Um, yeah, well, it sucks to be wrong, doesn't it, DJ? <laughs> Tell us in the comments down below that I'm categorically right. And we'll just, you know, in the comments down below, we'll talk about literally anything else. Uh, let's not talk about how I'm probably wrong about Ebony Fly. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's figure out how, how this deck plays. So you've played it through a few times. How does it actually, like, fo- unfold when you're playing a real game of Commander? Uh, if you've ever had a big turn where you're like, sequencing is very important. If mm. you've ever had one of those Jimmy Wong turns that takes two hours to figure out, 45 minutes to execute, uh, then... And three days to edit. And, <laughs> oh, more than that, pal. It's, like, it's crazy. If you've ever had one of those turns and you're like, wow, I can't believe I got out on the other side of that. This is the deck for you. This is a sequencing matters deck. Okay. Uh, from the casting of a spell, uh, the casting when you play your commander, uh, and uh, playing lands and getting treasure tokens, all this stuff is vital to making this deck sing. So it feels a little bit like a control deck where you play your ramp, you have your removal, your you, and then you have a lot of options because you have that yep. card advantage. And then you can have these big explosive turns that have so many different decision trees. Uh, that sounds like a challenging but really satisfying deck to play. Yeah, you know, a lot of Value Town decks, they're in Simic. They're blue-green, and they're very easy. You draw cards, and you play lands. You have more mana to do more of draw, drawing of cards and playing of lands. But in this deck, uh, it just accesses a different side of the brain. Cards from Exile Treasures. You're playing a different type of magic, I like and it that. feels good. Feels feels good that's a great it feels like you're playing magic it's everything we love about it (laughs) all right sounds great okay to the listeners what do you think about this rakdos precon is it a must own archetype like jake suggests uh is he wrong about ebony fly tell us in the comments (laughs) down below and tell us what cards you would include in your upgraded version i'll let jake know all that stuff oh we got one more thing we do? Uh, the name uh, of the deck that the I name totally of, forgot. The name of the deck, Jake. Doom. Okay. Your upgraded version of this deck. We're going to like scratch this out and put it right over it. It is? Prosperous Treasure. Ooh, I like that. Prosper Tone Because Bound. Prosper is the name of the person, and then you just want to create treasure, and then all the cards that you have is like your treasure. Yeah. Like they could have called it like literally Arcane Treasure or Planar Portal. Like, come on. What does this have to do with that? prosperous treasure bringing forward rats from the planar portal i suppose (laughs) love it (laughs) love it all right you're gonna want to pick up this pre-con you're gonna want to pick up all of these upgraded cards you're gonna want to pick up ebony fly for all of your other commander decks head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone use our affiliate link it helps us out you're gonna buy these cards anyway so make sure they use our affiliate link so that you can support the command zone and all the stuff that we do let jake edit more videos yeah do uh, more game nights 
Yeah, the fact that we get to do this, the fact that this is a job is so cool because uh, we get to talk about commander cards and, you know, make the coolest gameplay out there and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, for it feels great. Sure. Also, while you're over there, you can buy some Ultra Pro product. You can go to your local game store because that's a thing again. Grand yeah. Prix and Magic Fests and all sorts of stuff could be a thing. Again, buy some Ultra Pro product because when people need to see your battleground, they want to see beautiful art and exciting play mats and sleeves. The D&D mats are crazy. They're so beautiful. So great. Uh, also, if this still exists, uh, go over to Kickstarter, uh, support the Game Nights deck box from Ultra Pro on Kickstarter. Hopefully it's still there. It is in limited quantities. It could be gone. I could just be taunting you right now. <laughs> All right. Hopefully they didn't miss out. The thing is so beautiful. There is no end step because we make too much content. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a cleanup step. Jake, take us away. All right, big thanks to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashton Rose, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, me, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, and... Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Card animations at Living Cards MTG. And thank, thank you so much to DJ for, like feeling like my spiritual guide throughout this whole upgrade experience. This has been great. I, li- I like how like I give you, I, I give, I hassle you about your choices and then I become a spiritual guide. I love it. So you don't much. want Thank somebody you. who's like, wow, great idea. <laughs> uh, okay. Instead. You want someone who's like, no, I mean, fly is great. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you all again. really soon. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.